You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. From Chicago and Jersey to the magic of Zoom, this is the Chavrusa. I'm Aprom Kivalevich. And I'm Colin Warch. Now I'm looking at Kalman and I'm saying, Kalman, boy, we look more like each other today because over the last couple of months with Corona lockdown, uh, we weren't allowed to go to the barber and pro- properly so, especially my barber, if you would have seen him. I don't think you would have gone to him even if it wasn't Corona time. The, uh, the fellow would take breaks and go to the bathroom in the middle of cutting me. So therefore, uh, although normally every month and a half or so, I would go to get my beard trimmed. And to look as I looked over the last five or six years with a beard, uh, since my son got married, since Nehemi was married, uh, now, because it was just getting too much, I just took a shaver to myself. We bought a shaver online and a trimmer, and I went into the bathroom, and I came out, and my family didn't recognize me. Here I was, almost completely clean-shaven, the way I hadn't been for five years. And I sheepishly came out and said, boy, you know, I don't look like a rabbi anymore. Not that I'm the greatest rabbi, but especially now that everybody is seeing me on Zoom, I'm thinking, have I just done something terrible in terms of my effectiveness as teaching? Because as we know, come, although both of us were Chavrusa so many years ago, and we both pride ourselves for being broad-minded, we know that you're supposed to look a certain way. There's a certain expectation. And therefore, perhaps now, especially as everybody is grooming themselves and not going uh, to the barbers and things like that, perhaps it's maybe not as strong as it used to be, but we know our community. And the same way our community is going to bounce back from the illness, our community is going to bounce back probably in shape and and demand that you have to look a certain way. And if you don't look a certain way, if you're not going to be dressed in a certain way or look a certain way, you're not going to be effective because they just can't get over the externals. Well, I mean, the, the, there there is what they refer to as the uh, COVID-19, which are the uh, average 19 pounds that people have put on, you know, sitting at home. And every time uh, people get bored, uh, they uh, confuse boredom with hunger and uh, frustration with hunger and anger with hunger and uh, and the happiness with hunger and so um I, I think that in general the the coronavirus has led people to be uh, we're not going out of your house you're not and even if you're interacting with zoom it's not such a personal interaction i do think you're right that people have kind of um lost track of the way that they would like to present themselves before other people um but uh um you're you're suggesting specifically not just you know the way the way that a person presents themselves, but specifically the uh, the the respect that comes with uh, the way that people present themselves, you know the way that people dress and the way that people. Um, but I, I think that the idea that you have to um, you know present yourself in a certain way, specifically uh, with a beard? And uh, is that where, is that where you're uh, starting with? Yeah, well, yeah, well, again, you know, I, I have a, obviously I'm 60 years old and I've been in this profession for over 40 years. And it was only five years ago when I grew the beard and kept the beard, people would say to me, and, and they had been my students for years, oh, now you're a rabbi. 
now you finally look the part that you had been. And, you know, of course, that was very hurtful in a way because, you know, what, you know, I, I myself sat at the feet of Gedeulim, uh, who I believe, you know, Rav Nota Greenblatt and others, who didn't have a beard and were incredible in terms of what they were able to teach and give over. But I was aware even then that he was the iconoclast and that I was somewhat following in his footsteps. And uh, life has taught me, Kalman, that um, and, 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 and it's, it's, it's been a, somewhat of a hard pill to swallow, hair in your mustache, difficult to be way of swallowing, that this is the way it's going to be. And um, even though, without getting into this is not a forum to discuss the halachic uh, correctness of shaving or not, we're talking about the way you look. We're talking exactly. about... I, th- I think there, I think we can uh, uh, say that there's two points here. Uh, number one is the um, perception that people have, and how much are we obligated to respond to other people's perceptions? Now we're, we're using this as an example. You know, the 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 rabbi and the beard, um, uh, probably a good bar joke. The rabbi and the beard walked into a bar, um, but uh, we're we're talking. It's really just an example of how much are we responsible for the way that other people perceive us. I think that's one issue. And then there's the second issue, which is does doing things like that, like having the beard, actually affect you and change you in a way where it's not just external, but it's internal. So if I could break it up into those two uh, categories, I would say like this. I think that it's inevitable, whether we like it or not, that people make judgments Based based on um, based on what you look like, and we could say that people should be more mature than that, and that people should be able to see through um, you know the the external um, aspects of a person. But people do make judgments, and as as a result of that, the idea of of uh, being presentable. The Gemara says that a a Talmud Chacham that walks around outside with stains on his clothing, you know, is liable for the death penalty, whether that's literal or or or, or exaggerated. It's suggesting that if people are going to have the wrong perception of you, and we have a verse in the Torah, now I'm not talking about right and wrong, which is really what that verse is referring to, is don't look like you're doing bad things. But the idea that though still is, that you do have to respond and present yourself in a way, depending on how people are going to look at you. I think that's the first point. And I'd like for you to respond to that, if you may. But okay, I'm going to sure. respond well, to look, the second point. I, I am not so, uh, when I was your age, or maybe when we, your age, when we first started doing the show many years ago, I was, um, I actually was driven by this idea that unless we stop this type of pigeonholing, we are going to just continue and continue it uh, ad infinitum. In other words, when I was younger, I thought, hey, you know, even though when I, for example, I came to Skokie Yeshiva and um, uh, I had worn a hat, a black hat. No one in the Yeshiva wore a black hat when I got there, except some of the other Kailul guys. And the Bachram themselves did not wear black hats. So at that time, I felt, you know what? I'm going to stop wearing a black hat too. And I stopped wearing a hat and I stopped wearing the black hat in the streets and when I was around. And I felt, hey, I'm starting something. Now people can say, hey, there's one of our rabbin, there's one of our teachers. He doesn't have a black hat. And he could still be a, a, a decent teacher, maybe even a fine Tamil Chacham. 
what I was trying to say, what I'm trying to say, Kalman, is of course I was aware that people have expectations. But unless we start breaking the mold, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, for example, forget about Kivalevich for a minute. Rav Aaron Lichtenstein was, and again, he's not necessarily in the Haredi world considered a great person, but in the Dati Lumi world, even in the world in Eretz Yisrael, people have now extolled him as, as a great man at Tzaddik. And of course, all the pictures of him, he doesn't have a beard. And I think yeah, but that, that really is the difference. He's, he, he is considered um, to be within the modern Orthodox world, and it's almost, uh, um, it's, it's, it's not expected. It's not expected in that way. I should say, it's not expected in the same way. Um, no, the, know, but I want to say, Rabbi Leib Malin, kind of, right? Well, look, you know, I don't know if you know so much about him, but in the world that he was operating in Gush, which was the top yeshiva in the Hester, in the, the, in, in the Dati Lumi, in the uh, religious Zionist world, that was the top yeshiva. So uh, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, Rav Aaron Lichtenstein uh, was the beardless one. The other Rabbeim had their beards because that was considered the normal. And yet Rav Aaron, everybody knew that he was the star. He was the superstar. But, but he was also he was also above and beyond. And, and I should say there is this concept of certain individuals being outside the realm of of the way that we define them simply because there there's no room. There's no room for assessment because they're just so clearly above and beyond. I, I, I think disagree. That, that I, also, I think he's he's he, he could have grown a beard. He didn't have a hormone issue. Yeah, but he didn't need to. It's his his having a beard or not having a beard wouldn't have affected anyone with any common sense in terms of what they thought of him, as opposed to anyone else who would be subject to, hey, um, you know, why do they look that way? Not just the beard, but uh, all the different ways that they may look. It's so draconian. You are you are suggesting something that's that's it's incredibly cruel. In other words, unless you're a genius that everybody understands uh, what you're about and they know that you're impeccable. You better kowtow to the way people dress and expect you to you look. You didn't like my use of the word kowtow last week. I mean, it's a now it is really kowtowing. Yes, this is kowtowing because I, I'm going to tell you. I think Rav Aaron was trying to send the message. Rav Aaron is trying to send the message to his Talmudim, and even he's the, the wrong person to send the message because no one is Rav Aaron, right? You need, you need someone who's who's uh, you, you can start a, a, a movement or the way that things are. Are changed and defined, but but you know the um, yeah the black hat has a certain definition that comes with it, and I, I think the point the first point I'm making is that you have to recognize that people think that way, and even though you can kind of push the boundaries to a certain extent, you have to recognize that if you don't, then you're subject to um, to receiving less, which you may be willing to accept. But the esteem will be diminished if you if you don't want that level of esteem. Yeah, well, I, I think that, I think that's point number one. If I could go to point number two, um, and I, maybe you want to respond to that separately, is that it seems from the works of Musser, especially I'm going to quote the Sefer Achinuch, who says Adam The Chinuch seems to suggest that even if you're not feeling something. When you do a certain action, when you behave a certain way, it starts to affect not just your behavior, but your definition and who you are. And so many of the yeshiva world, um, um, yeshivas, have adopted this approach where if you make yourself 
look dignified on the outside. Even if you're maybe less dignified on the inside, it will bring you there. It will, it will lead you to become a more dignified person and think of yourself. And then when you um, think of yourself as more dignified, you act more dignified and that actually affects your behavior. So the way that you dress, the way that you look, the way that you walk down the street, the way that you speak, all those things will actually lead you to become a better person. I mean, that's, that's, that's one of the approaches within the world. Now, of I don't know if our listeners realize what you just did, but first of all, you've been dishonest in terms of your use of the Sefer Chinuch and the application is observed. So I'm going to explain to you why. Sefer Chinuch is talking about the rationale behind mitzvahs, mitzvahs maizios. Right. He's talking about, and, and you know, the Sefer Chinuch, of course, uh, made one of the tasks of his book was to explain the reason, the rationale behind mitzvahs. Now, of course, the rationale behind mitzvahs is sometimes an indicator that if you start acting a certain way, it will affect you. So he's talking about the mitzvahs of the Rabbanu Shalom, and he's saying, you know what? If you start doing these mitzvahs of, of leaving Leket, Peya, or whatever these mitzvahs are, these will change you, and you're going to become inherently a better person. That's what the Sefer HaChinuch uses. Yeah, yeah, but you're hang, on, wait, 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 wait. hang on, hang on one second. Hang on a second, all right? I know we're, sh- we're short for time here, but that's what the Sefer HaChinuch says. He's not talking about dressing like now. The second thing is, the second thing is the application. No one is talking about looking like a hippie. No one is talking about looking with, 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 with your shirt uh, out and with stains all over you and, and walking in with, with, with ripped jeans. No one is talking about that. The question is the black and white look, the fact that it has to be a specific uniform that is so, uh, that is so specific that even, and here's where you're wrong, Kalman, even the ones that don't look spiffy, even the, it's only the Shababniks that look real spiffy in their white, uh, in their white, in their white shirts. You, you can be part of the Yeshiva Shevelt and, and still be considered, even though you're black and white, but you've got a rumpled shirt and you've got a rumpled, uh, a rumpled kapota, but the hat is black. That's good enough. We welcome you. The guy who's put together, who actually does look respectable based on the way the belt understands what respectable looks, he's the one who's saying, who's that guy? Can we even give this guy Aliyah? Who knows if we can even uh, consider him a, a Shemr Torah Mitzvah? So I agree right. with you. I agree with you. The Sefer Chinuch came up with his thing, and I do think people change by the way they look. But I'm not talking about you can look the part. Let's change what the part is. Look respectful. You say to be respectful looking. You can look respectful without a beard. You can look respectful wearing a blue shirt. And everybody should see that I'm pointing to my own shirt right now. You can look respectful in in many ways, combed and, and, and going out there. But it doesn't necessarily have to be the the tzura, which is the black and white tzura that the yeshiva world demands. Well, I, I say, first of all, I'm not talking about what the chinuch was referring to. The chinuch is, in fact, referring to mitzvahs. In fact, he's referring to breaking bones of the Korban Pesach. What, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I'm saying, and maybe this is because I had uh, some opportunity to be in some more of those yeshivish yeshivas um, um, where they go to this place and they say this, it's the application and the way that this chinuch is used. This chinuch is, in fact, used to suggest that if you look the part of a yeshiva guy, you you will become more of the yeshiva guy. And I'm agreeing with you that maybe there's something wrong with the guy, according to this approach, with the guy who's wearing black and white and it's all crumpled and stained and all that. He shouldn't be getting that level of respect either. But there is the tzura, this form that somehow it developed that the borsalino and the and the black shoes and the black pants and the white shirt and the um, tie that has no more than two tones 
um, becomes a kind of uniform, but that uniform is what gives the message and gives off this, uh, that this is someone who is within a certain box and is able to have a certain sense of, of, uh, of um, working with the system within their head and it sends a message. I, whether whether it's what the chinuch meant is, is a stretch. Exactly, exactly but not what the chinuch meant. The approach that the way that it's interpreted and taken. Okay, look. Obviously, when you start, you don't need this. You don't need whoever wrote the chinuch to come up with that psychological idea that if you start dressing in a certain way, you're going to feel like you're part of the club. Clothing that's not, the but that's not. But that's not what he's talking about. Look, Kalman, If you take a look at Gedolei Yisrael in the 30s, 40s. Look at the images from the old Hebron Yeshiva. Look at the images from Machon Harry Fischel. Look at the images from Gedeil and Mamish, people who are, who could be Mavatel, Keklipas Hashum, the average Yeshiva guy today. And again, the, 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 the dressing was different. The jackets were, were, the jackets were light colored. The beards were not even existent. They waited till they were of a certain age to even grow a beard. So again, you're not going to win that was on all within a system. There was a system for it. In other words, in yeshiva, where where the white suit and the gray suit and the blue suit and the black suit are all the same, then that's it's all about the perception that's being created. And once this perception has been created, right or wrong, you know, going against that sends a message. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily wrong, but you are going to lose that esteem. And as part of Kavod Torah, a person is required to, you know, I want to extend this past past the place of rabbis. You know, a guy, and, and so I want, I want to, you're agreeing with me that it's not okay for a guy to come in in his Panama shorts, Hawaiian shirt, and flip flops into Shabbos, into shul on Shabbos morning, as if he was trying to choose between Kriyas Torah or another hour on the beach, right? You're, you're, you're agreeing with that? 100%. You have to be oimeg lefnei amelech, but take a look at the way people greet real malach. I'm not, I'm not talking about meeting Trump in Margo Lago at a barbecue. I'm talking about, or, or even Netanyahu on, 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 a, on the beach of Tel Aviv. I'm talking about going in front of the melech and asking for your life. How are you dressed? So you're right. You might be dressed in a conservative suit, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a white shirt. It could be a somewhat tinted shirt. It's going to be a conservative look. It's going to have, and you're not going to necessarily wear a black hat. You need to be Kovadik. Unfortunately, what's considered in the Velt Kovadik is in the yeshiva world considered prost. That's not a Kovadik way to dress. Why can't we align it? As long as it's not, as long as it's not a, 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 a lack of tzniyas, Let's draw, let's do what they used to do in the 20s and 30s. Let's have a much greater net of what's considered Kovadik yeshiva styles instead of compressing it and narrowing it and narrowing the focus because it never was that way. Well, I think, I think that it is a response to the United States. It is something, and you're right. I think in terms of the first point, which is that people's perceptions are a certain way and we have to kind of uh, go along with that, I think you may be right that maybe it is upon us to change people's perceptions. But the idea of there being a uniform, a, a kind of, a kind of a way that you look, you know, are you going to walk into the movie theater wearing a hat and jacket? Um, it's 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 hard to see. Oh, yeah. okay, now you're falling back on you're falling back on the typical. This is the, what the Chassidim say to the Velt when the Chassidish Velt and the Amish Velt when they want to try to explain to everyone comes to them and says, "No, you take part in this world, and, and we're really happy to welcome you. Why do you have to look like a freakazoid? 
So they say, well, if I looked like if I looked like you, I would you never know what sort of things I could do. I would go into the red light district and I would do all a non-existent accent to this non-existent enemy. It's not going to but you know that that's very convincing. The fact is it's true. If both the Amish and the Hasidim agree on something, how could it not be true? <laughs> Look, I'm happy if I could get the Amish to go build the swing set in the back over here because I know they're incredible master builders and I have a tremendous amount of respect for them. But the Amish, as we know, have a, have a, have a, have a frumkite that is very bereft of intellectualism. It's based on separatism. It's based on a sense that if we don't keep this look, we know we're going to get drawn in by the appeal, by the allure. Why, don't, why is that to be negative? If anything, we should say, look, we have to be mechubedik. We have to be mechubedik. The way Hirsch, the way the, the, the Kehill in Frankfurt was, by Shamshan and Hirsch, the way it still is in many places in Washington Heights. So look, Kalman, I am, I believe me, I'm not an Amoritz and I'm not an idiot as well. I know that what's happening in the world. And I know that if I don't get this beard growing, I know that people are going to say, what is with this guy? We can't hear a shear from him. On the other hand, I'm bemoaning the fact, and I think that it, I, I wish the G'dayla Yisrael would change things. I wish the Mayetzet would specifically have, and again, for years, Herschel Schechter didn't have a beard. But now Herschel Schechter has a little goatee or a little bit more, sort of like what I'm sort of sporting now. But you know what? Herschel Schechter was the place for Klal Yisrael and Corona. And if he wouldn't have, that would have been another great message. To see him on Zoom without his beard, Paskining Hayros Lamaisa or Klausrol, people would have said, Wow, that's it isn't that important. Anyway. Well, maybe it is that important. You can't say that it's it's not important and therefore it would be great if you'd have done it. Maybe on the contrary, the fact that he felt as the position that he had, and he has taken on a greater level of acceptance even within the areas outside. And maybe maybe that's a proof to what I'm saying. Maybe he felt that part of that is that you have to represent yourself in the You know what, way. because he knows Nebuch that if he, if, if he would probably get, I don't know Herschel Schechter that well, I have had wonderful conversations with him, but I would say in his heart of hearts, he knows that if he didn't allow himself to have some facial hair and look somewhat like these other rabbis, that that would limit his effectiveness. It's Nebuch that we live in such a world where that has to be the case. Well, common look, we're not changing the world today. And, uh, and I don't even think I've changed your mind, although you've still got less of a beard than I do. And I think that you even know, Kalman, in your heart of hearts, I mean, you've resisted. And I think that's been part of it as well. I think, uh, I, I'm happy that you're arguing the other side, but I'm not sure me thinks you protest too much on, on this point. So look, that's about it for today. I know we've, uh, we've stirred the pot here and maybe in, uh, in the program notes, We'll send uh, links to pictures of ourselves uh, and we'll let the listeners decide what they think is the, uh, the way rabbis should look. So he's Kalman Warch and... My Chavrusa, Rabbi Avram Kivilevich. And Mirz uh, Hashem, we'll hopefully see you next week uh, with a little more hair on our faces. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.